um, yeah, and this is kingdom, you know. It's kingdom when people are focused on praying for the nations and seeing God doing amazing work in the nations wherever. And so we are really just blessed to have you here this morning. And we want to say feel at home. This is an every nation church, as you can see. Every nation. All nations are welcome. Amen. All right. So please, please, for those that are filling in the forms, um, please do make sure that by the end of the service that they're in. We don't want these forms going home and ending up somewhere else. So please just make sure that the ashes co uh, collect those forms. It's so important. Awesome. So this morning, we are doing a very exciting book, or rather starting it, yeah? So um, we're going we're gonna to look at the book of Hebrews for the next uh, um, three to four weeks. So we're going to do a deep study on this book, and it's not just because we just want, uh, we're just thinking, oh, maybe let's just pull out a book, but really because this book is so rich and so relevant for us, especially this time of the year, hey, where we, we're going to take time out to re-evaluate our lives and we, we, we start to think about where things are at and if I'm really where I wanted to be and, and, and just really um, re-looking and needing that extra push to get over the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually a lot of the times people during this time are feeling like, oh, can the year just end? Yeah, but I must say this year it's been much better. Who, who feels like, I just want the year to end right now? Who's feeling like it's just dragging? It's okay, this is church, you're allowed to be honest. Okay? So some people are feeling like, man, Lord, if this year could just hurry up. It's been a long, tiring, terrible year. I just want things to get over so that we can start a new year, start with new, fa uh, with new energy, start with new faith, and just start afresh. Right? So this book is really there to encourage us in that. And and I just want to encourage us, as, as we're going through the book here in church, I really want to encourage us to read the book in our own time as well. Yeah, so as families, do family devotions together, read through the book, do a self-study, so that when we come here, it's just greater and deeper revelation. Yeah? In God, there's always more, always more. Even though you're thinking, oh, I've already read that book this year, just go back again, because there's always more that God wants to release in our lives. And there's almost, always more work that God wants to do. So we can never get to a place where we feel like I've done enough or uh, I've done that already. The minute we do that, we become familiar with the things of God. And then there's nothing, there's no fire that keeps pushing us to want to get to that place where we're constantly pursuing God and saying, God, I'm not satisfied. I want more. And that is how we have to live, relentless pursuit in, for God. So we can't come to the place where we're just like, ah, I've already done that. Awesome. So I just want to pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active. And that you want to touch each and every single person here this morning. We want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're in this room. And I really just pray for everyone that is receiving, just to receive what you want to deposit in their spirits this morning, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we will just be focused on you, focused on, on this journey that you're taking us through as we study this book of oh, Father God. We thank you for just the wealth that is coming for us, for, uh, forth for us, oh, Father God, and that we will be strengthened and, and really just uh, rooted, deeply rooted in you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, so the book of Hebrews, yeah? 
A lot of people know it for chapter 11, which speaks about faith, right? When you hear the book of Hebrews, you think, man, Hebrews 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, right? And then we go through that hall of all the people that were mentioned in the Bible that stood because of their faith, even though they didn't see the promises, they had faith in God and they trusted God. And after reading Hebrews 11 and looking at each Bible character that's mentioned there, you're like, man, if they could do it, I can do it. Yeah? But who knows that there is so much more to this book. There's so much more. And we call it the book, but remember, all of these were actually letters that were written. They were not books. Originally, they didn't have any chapters. They didn't have any subtitles or titles to explain what is the next topic. It was just one long letter that whoever the person is that wrote, wrote to the church in those specific places to encourage the churches. Now, when we look at the book of Hebrews, it's quite interesting because of all the books in the New Testament, it is the one book that nobody actually knows the author of. Nobody knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. Now, there are some speculations. Some say it was Paul. Some say it could have been Luke. Others say it could have been Barnabas. Others say, no, it was probably more Apollos. Some say it was Priscilla and Aquila. But nobody really, really knows because when you look at the style of the book of Hebrews, the way it was written, it is a very, very sophisticated book. The style is not, it's not Paul's style of writing. The Greek that was used there, it's not your normal street Greek. It, it's really, it is, it is, it's, it's a higher level of literature, okay? So people, the scholars and the early church fathers have been debating to see who wrote this book, and they, they really don't really know who the author is. And in most of the books, there's always an introduction, you know. I, Peter, or I, Paul, the apostle of God. And then at the end, they'll mention themselves. But in this book, there's no mention of I, the apostle, urge you. There's no name. All we know about this book is two things. The first thing is that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's here in the Bible, right? And the second thing is whoever wrote this book had a close and intimate relationship with Timothy. Okay? And we know that because in chapter 13, verse 23, it speaks about Timothy. It says something about how our brother Timothy has been released from prison, and I will bring him back. Yeah? So we know it is somebody who had a close relationship with Timothy and knew Timothy. Yeah? Okay. And the time, when was the, the, the book written? Um, because of the focus of the book, what it speaks about, because it speaks about the ceremonial um, practices of the Jewish guys. So it, speaks, it makes reference to the temple. It makes a reference to the rituals that they used to have. They really believe that it was written before the destruction of the temple. Okay? And we know that the temple was destroyed around 70 AD, so it must have been somewhere before that. So anytime between 64 and 68 AD, that's when this book was written. Yeah? And... Um, uh, the book was written, you can see the title says Hebrews. So it was written to the Hebrews. They believe that this is a community of Jewish believers, people that were converted from Judaism into Christianity. So these are people that, that are very well or, or knowledgeable 
in the things of the Old Testament. They understood the Leviticus, the Levitical priesthood. They understood all the, the laws and the prophets from the Old Testament. And then they encountered somebody that preached the gospel to them and they gave their lives to the Lord. Okay? And now they accepted Jesus Christ and they were living this new life in Jesus Christ. But they say the setting around this is that they were faced with um, a lot of um, trouble and, and they were starting to reconsider the, 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 the fact that they put their faith in Jesus Christ. They actually wanted to go back to Judaism because of various factors. Some say during that time there was a lot of persecution. So a lot of Christians were being persecuted. And the people that were questioning this Jesus that was being preached, people were thinking, is it actually worth following Jesus if we're being persecuted like this? Is he, is he truly the Messiah? Who is this guy? Maybe we should go back and we will be protected. But we can see from the book that these are mature Christians that are considering going back. Remember that song that we were singing earlier this morning? Don't want to go back, Lord. These guys were thinking about going back. They were like the old days without Jesus were so much better. We just don't know what decision we made right now. We need to reconsider this. So it was written to those kind of people. They were struggling with unbelief. They were struggling in their faith. They were struggling with the certainty of this Jesus Christ that is being professed, right? And so the purpose of the writer was to encourage these guys to stay put. So he was warning them against falling away, and he was encouraging them that the decision that you've made is worth it. It's not time to go back. The old system of doing things will not work for you. This Jesus Christ that is being preached is the true God. He, he truly does exist, and he is so much better than what you've known in the past. Amen. And so he tries to do this by dividing this book, or the way the mind, his mind was focused as he was writing it down. Um, scholars have found that they, he focused on three main points, yeah? But under those points, or we can call them themes, the specific things that he zooms into to try and explain to these people that are going to be reading this letter that is written to them. And the first one is that um, he, he zooms into the superiority of Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. And he wants to, to let the, the readers know that Jesus is better than the prophets. So much better. He's better than angels. He's bigger than angels. And he is better than even Moses, who was considered to be one of the greatest heroes for the Israelites. Okay? So if you're Jewish, you know, I mean, no one could compare to Moses. So he was trying to say, no, no, no. The personhood of Jesus is bigger than this. The person that we're talking about here is greater than the prophets. He's greater than the angels. And he's greater than Moses. And then it goes on to say that um, the work that this Jesus have performed is greater. Okay? The works of Jesus is greater in that his priesthood is better. Yeah? His covenant, the covenant that we have in Jesus Christ is better than the old covenant. And also, the sacrifice that he made was so much better than the previous sacrifices that we used to see in the Old Testament. 
the sacrifices of goats and sheep and pigeons and all sorts of things. This was the sacrifice that came once and for all to wash everyone clean. He is so much better. Now, why would you want to go back to that system? Yeah? And then he continues. The last part is where he's encouraging Christians yeah, to walk the walk of faith. And he's saying we need to be assured in our faith. Faith does work. Faith is not dead. Faith is something that really pleases God. And then he says this, and we need to enjoy in our faith. Faith is not, it's not a microwave thing. It's not a quick fix. It's not, I've got faith, and there it is, boom. The stuff that we're trusting God for just happens like that. No, we have to persevere. As we're living this journey with Jesus, we're walking this life with Jesus, we need to trust him. Some things take five years, others ten, others. It doesn't matter, but we are trusting God for the promises that he has given us. And faith is a journey. Yeah? It's not a disconnected thing. It's you in your relationship with God, trusting him for what he's spoken to you personally and working that out with him. Okay? It's, it's, it, and it's so important. It's so important. So he, he encourages these believers again to say, look, you're surrounded by all this stuff that's happening right now in your life. You, you, you're, you, you're distracted. But you need to have faith. You need to enjoy in your faith. You need to persevere. Right? And then in the end, he exhorts them to have love. Yeah? To understand the Father's love. To understand loving one another. He talks about the love in the body of Christ. And he says that this is so important. Let's love each other as those that are called of Christ. Amen. So there's quite a lot to cover. But I will really just be focusing on the first part. Uh, we'll be having various people coming in and just breaking up this book more and more. But I'm just going to focus this morning at, on chapters 1 and a bit of chapter 2 where I'm going to look at the superiority of Christ the personhood of Jesus Christ, as the writer was describing to the Hebrews. And as we read it, even for ourselves, we need to remember that this is who we've come to serve. And this is who we're living for. All right? So Hebrews 1, please open your Bibles there. I know there's slides in the back, but let's open the Bible in the book of Hebrews. Let's highlight, let's color Let's, let's really just allow the Lord to open his word for us as we're going through this journey. Because it's so, it's going to be a life-changing journey. Amen. All right. I just want to say, if, if you're someone who, who usually struggles to understand how the Old Testament and the New Testament relate to each other, and how the stuff in the, in the, the Old Testament, especially the, the stuff in Leviticus, the, 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 the priesthood then, and all the, the sacrifices, and, and what Jesus has come to do. If, if you struggle with that kind of, um, uh, with that, you can really read the book of Hebrews and get a better understanding. Because he touches on both covenants, you know. He looks at the, the Old Testament, and he looks at the New Testament, and he looks at how it fits together. And really brings that out more for us. And this is what he was doing to these Jewish believers. Because they needed to understand 
what, what is happening. Because now, if you read in chapter 1, it says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Yeah? So he starts off by assuring them that what you believe yeah, is not wrong, what you initially believe. Because yes, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. Yeah? But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. That what you had believed was true, but Jesus came to make it better. Jesus came to fulfill that. Jesus came to show us the way. Yeah? So Jesus is greater than the prophets. In fact, a lot of the people, when, when Jesus, even when Jesus was asking the, the disciples, um, when he was walking this earth, he asked, who do people say I am? And some said, no, some think you're Elijah. No, others say you are John the Baptist. And others say you, you, you are a prophet. And then he asked, but who do you say I am? Because that's important. The revelation that we have of Jesus Christ is important because it's going to determine the way we live our lives. Yeah? And even today, there are people that believe that Jesus was just another prophet. He was one of the prophets. But here the, the writer had to clarify that he is not a prophet. He is the son of God. And God has spoken to him. And every word that he was speaking while he was here on earth, and every deed he, he, he did, <laughs> wow, that sounds interesting, um, was backed up fully by the Father. Yeah. So we don't have to go back to the instruments that God used. Yeah? We have to listen to the Son Himself, who was God Himself speaking to us. This is the Jesus that we're serving. Okay? And, and it's so interesting because in the Bible it says, for all the prophets and the law testified until John. They were all speaking and prophesying about things to come and all that stuff until John. But after John, something else happened. God himself came in the flesh to speak to us. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. If your neighbor is falling asleep, just pinch them on the ear. Yeah? Say, so you cannot miss out on this. This is powerful revelation. <laughs> so that they can listen. Yeah? So God himself came through his son. And so they needed to understand that, listen, this Jesus is not like the prophets. He is different from the prophets. He is God himself. And then he explains that the son is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. The son is the exact representation of the father. That's why Jesus was telling his disciples, if you have seen me, 
you have seen God. And they were like, what? And he was like, yeah, if you have seen me, you have seen God. I only do what I see my father do. I only do what I see heaven do. I only do what God has given me to do. If you have seen me, it is enough. Because they were even saying, oh, Lord, please show us the father. If you show us the father, it will be enough for us. <laughs> he said, no, no, no. If you have seen me, it is enough. Jesus was enough. And, and you know, he, he even said at some point in the Bible, he said that he said, when people were, 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 they came to him and they were listening to him speaking, and he said something about, if you eat my flesh, you will not die. And that time they were like, now we know that you've got a demon. Because even our prophets, our very own father Abraham, died. Who do you think you are not to die? Who do you think you are not to die? And then he said, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was, I am. Wow! Isn't that powerful? Before Abraham was, I am. He's already living. And at this point, they started taking up the stones and they wanted to throw him. You know, you are not even 50 years old. How can you be older than Abraham? The mind, logic, they couldn't understand it. But he had to explain it. And at at the bottom of all the slides, I've put some uh, biblical references just for the extra things that I'm saying so that you can go in your own time and read through that, that back up all this, um, uh, yeah, yeah, the headings that I have here. Yeah? So, but it was just interesting for, for, for them to be able to grasp this, that before the prophets came, I was already in existence. Yeah? I formed the universe. The whole unifer- universe holds together in me. That's what Jesus was saying. He is Lord of Lords, He is King of Kings, and everything holds together because of Him. Nothing can compare to Him. How powerful. And He is the exact representation. I just love that. That He came to represent God in His fullness. And it's so amazing because what He came to do seemed to be so different. Just imagine the paradigm shift. that the Jewish guys needed to have to switch from the system they they had to this new thing that just says no more sacrifices, no more temples, none of this stuff. It's so difficult. That's why a lot of them still struggle today. Today, now, today, as we're speaking in Jerusalem, there's still a lot of them that struggle because it it just doesn't make sense. And sometimes we want to do that as well. We, we want rituals. We want things that will make us be so secure that we are doing well. So we put up rituals for ourselves. We put up laws for ourselves. We, 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 we try to set a standard for ourselves to please God. When God says, I'm already pleased with you because of what my son did. He died on the cross. He washed you clean. And all that you need to do is come to me as you are. 
And through my son, you will be able to live out the lives that I've called you to live. And he will work in us, perfecting us to become more like Christ. Amen. And then he moves on to say that Jesus is above the angels. Yeah? Because there were some false teachings going around. That for you to be able to be in a relationship with God, you must have seen an angel or you must pray to the angels to open the heavens and all sorts of things. And also believe that Jesus may not have been like the prophets. He may not have been like a normal human being. Therefore, he must be an angel. Then he's an angelic being. Then he's, 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 he's probably one of the angels that God just sent here to earth. So then the, the author needed to clarify this again and say, no, 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 no. He's also not an angel. Yeah? And then we read about the angels, that Jesus is greater than the angels from Hebrews 1 verse 4, where it speaks about how, so he became, so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Okay? Jesus is superior to the angels. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son today. I have become your father. Where did God ever say that? Did he ever say it to Gabriel, the angel? Did he ever say it to Mike, Michael, the archangel? Huh? None of the angels that we read about in the Bible were ever called sons. Come, you are my son. Yeah? And then also... I will be his father and he will be my son, okay? And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Even the angels worship Jesus. Yeah? But we are, not to, we are not to worship angels. Remember John in the book of Revelation? When an angel appeared to him and he was so awestruck by this angel that's standing in front of him and he was like, oh my goodness. He went down on his knees and started praying. And the angel lifted him up and said, no, don't worship me. I'm only a servant of God. So Jesus is worth greater worship than even the angels. Because the angels are there to worship God. And their servants of God. They do the work of the Lord. At the end here, towards the end of chapter 1, it says, and in verse four, uh, 14, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? I know sometimes we don't want to talk about angels because we think, oh, these are just spirits. It's so scary. But the Bible is full of angels. Yeah? It's always mentioning angels, bringing a message, angels speak, uh, uh, bringing a word here and, and, and strengthening Jesus and all sorts of things. So we, we, mustn't, we mustn't look at the, the, the whole concept of angels and say, woo, you know, because then, then there are those that are so into angels, they want to see them everywhere and they buy crystals and all sorts of things. And they ask you, who, who's your angel? My angel is so and so. Do you know who your angel is? That, that's not how it's done either. Okay? We just need to know that the angels are God's servants, and they do the work of God. They are not our servants, because they are also people who are commanding the angels. Yeah? I command the angels to come and open here, and I post the angel there. And I... <laughs> the angels, they, they, they answer to their master. 
Yeah? We are not the masters of angels. They're sent by God to come and do work here. So we can ask God. We can say, God, please send your angels to go before us. Yeah? But we can't say, hey, angel, you, come. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. Okay? But the Bible says that Jesus is greater than the angels. And we need to know that. That we don't need a mediator between us and God anymore. Yeah? That even when angels appear, we don't go like, wow, this is so beautiful, an angel. We start focusing on the angels and we forget why it came there in the first place. And it's to direct us to Jesus. And it says that they're, they're ministering spirits that are sent out to minister to those that will inherit salvation. So they're going out to minister salvation. But Jesus is salvation itself. You know? While angels are going out to minister salvation, Jesus brought the salvation. If we believe in him, we will be saved. Okay? So he's so much bigger. He's bigger than all the stuff that these guys were thinking, it's so glorious and it's so better and it's so... Because it's like, no, this Jesus is so much better. And then we continue to see in, in Hebrews 3 verse 1 to 6, um, I want to look at how he's speaking now about the fact that Jesus is greater than even Moses. Okay? Jesus is greater than the prophets, than your leaders, than all the things in the heavenlies. He's bigger. And then he says, He's bigger than, Jesus, than Moses himself. Now, we must understand that to these guys, Moses was, was just one of the biggest heroes. You know that when you watch those superhero movies, no? when there is that one superhero that is just better than all the heroes, and he, he just comes and he destroys everyone, yeah? For these guys, Moses was like that. Because yeah. remember... He was the guy that liberated them from this physical slavery in Egypt and brought them into their promised land that God had promised. Yeah? This was the guy through under whose leadership they saw the Red Sea split open. Fires disappearing from heaven. Yeah? They were fed 24-7 with manna from heaven. They saw water coming out of rocks that were spoken to. Yeah? Just imagine the rock is just, and the water just. Yeah? It, it's not like this stuff that we have where there's like a little rock here, and then at the back there's this pipe where the water is flowing. No, there was no pipe. <laughs> the water was coming out of that rock. Yeah? They saw how Moses, just by raising his staff, was able to turn water into blood was able to call forth all sorts of insects that came to, 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 to really give the guys in Egypt a tough time. No? So they've really seen a lot through this guy, and they knew this guy was a prophet of God. And the Bible even says that with him, God spoke face to face. You know? He went up a mountain to meet with God. They could see the glory of God after he came out of the tent of meeting. There was nothing that made them doubt that this man really walks with God. 
because of the glow on his face. The fact that they were in the desert for 40 years and the, the clothes never grew old. Just imagine. They never had to buy or make a new pair of shoes. You know, from size 3 to size 5, the shoe also just grows. While they Imagine, for, for 40 years in the desert, everything that you're wearing just grows. I mean, I look at my daughter Jade now, look at the clothes that she's wearing, and imagine when she's 12, that little dress that she has on just stretches with her. This is what these guys saw with Moses. So he was the greatest. And, he, and, and the author had to emphasize the fact that Jesus was greater than Moses. Yeah? The miracles, the signs, the wonders that he made or he performed were bigger than those that Moses did. Yeah? They were bigger. They were better. Moses liberated you from physical slavery. But Jesus liberated us from both physical and spiritual slavery. Because we were subject to the devil and his works until Jesus came to set us free. And elevated us from those people that were full of sin, dirty, that there was maybe nothing Good that would come out of. God said, I'll send my son and he will lift those people up. And they will be lifted up to the highest order. Not just a servant of people of the Lord, but as sons of God. Isn't that amazing? Let's just read here in Hebrews 3, chapter 1 to, yeah, to 6. I mean verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor, greater honor than Moses. Yeah? Just as the builder of a house has greater honor <laughs> than the house itself. Moses was like part of the house, but Jesus the builder of the house. Okay. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be, be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son of over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. Okay. So what is he saying? He's saying, he's saying, and it was important for him to emphasize this, because remember, Moses is the one that represents those tablets, the law. Huh? It was to, to Moses that God spoke those things, that this is how I want my people to conduct themselves. Okay. These are the laws for the priests. These are the laws of the normal people. This is how they offer sacrifices. This is what you're supposed to do at this time and this time of the year. This is... So he gave them the rituals that they wanted to go back to because they just thought, no, then Moses is just better because this Jesus, we don't know. We don't even know what his laws really are. Yeah? But Moses, we know. 
And here the author was saying, listen, Jesus is greater than Moses. Just as Moses was faithful for what he needed to deliver for the season and the time, Jesus has been faithful to deliver as a son, not a servant. Moses was a servant of the Lord. Jesus is a son of God. So you choose. Yeah? And we know a lot of the time, if, if, if maybe... Um, Someone just sends a servant in their house to represent them. You're always like, okay, no, it's good. But if the son comes, or the daughter comes, it's like, ooh, it's like the person is here themselves because that's the child who's going to speak directly, you know. So Jesus was so much greater. They needed to understand that the, the order that Jesus has brought, the covenant, the priesthood, and the words that he was speaking are superior to the words that Moses brought. That he came with the laws that he gave. The sacrifices that came through him. It's superior. Because here is somebody or people standing and thinking, where do we go now? We understand this. And this was God. And God spoke and it was so clear. And now there's this. How do we merge the two together? How do, how do we understand the difference? And he had to say, this was God and yes it is. and all. But now, through his son Jesus Christ. He brought something completely different from what you're used to. Because it wasn't just about a group of people that are known by God because of the way they conduct themselves and the way they carry themselves. But it was about the nations of the world that know God through what his son did on the cross for us. And that is so beautiful, isn't it? To know that everybody can enter into the kingdom. Not because of rituals. Not because of stuff that we've done. But because of what God has done for us. By sending his only begotten son to come here on earth. Live among us. And show us how life is really done. And I want to end with this. Galatians 4 verse 4 to 7. Um, I think it's just such a nice scripture to end off this part of Hebrews where it's speaking about Moses being superior. Because in all of those, as we're looking, I mean, uh, Jesus being superior than Moses, in all of them as we're looking at it, we saw how this, the issue of sonship came across. Yeah? His son is greater than the prophets. The son is greater than the angels. The son is greater than Moses who represents the old covenant. Yeah? So it's the issue of sonship being spoken over and over throughout the whole testament. Uh, I mean, throughout the whole book in this chapter. And I want to read um, Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. It says, But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law. Okay, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. 
And as I was preparing this, I really just sensed the Spirit saying, this is what I need to end off with. Because looking at the fact that the Son is superior in all this, we need to understand that what He did on the cross broke down everything so that we too can become sons. And if sons, we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And if co-heirs, we are seated with Him in heaven at the right-hand side of the Father. So why would these guys want to go back to the laws that make them slaves again? Isn't that powerful? Let's pray. I just want us to stand. And I really just want us to, to just focus on God. And just allow him to speak into our spirits this morning. And Father, this morning we just want to thank you so much. We want to thank you for your word, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word is living and active. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that the decision that we've made to follow you is so important. And as we stand firm, Lord Jesus, nothing will be able to separate us from you, Father God. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, this morning that knowing you is so much better, so much bigger, so much more important than anything else in this world, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you, Lord, this morning that as we're standing here, we're standing as your sons and daughters, Lord, that you have called forth to live out the lives that you've called us to live. We want to thank you that we're standing under a better covenant. We want to thank you, Lord, that the sacrifice has been done once and for all. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that we don't have to look to ourselves to see how much more can we do to please you. But that we can stand in your presence as sons and daughters and love on you more and more and more. Father, we ask that you will teach us to love you. You will teach us to love you the way you want us to love you, Lord. Not the way we think that we should love you, Father. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, that it's by your grace that we are who we are today, Lord. That that veil has been torn and we can enter in freely. We don't have to look back. We don't have to look for greater things, better things, better ways of communicating with you. Because you have given us your son who has released his spirit over us. The spirit of sonship. The seal of your Holy Spirit. That leads us to know you more and more.
Thank you, Jesus. I really just sense that God wants to minister to some people this morning that have been particularly going through a tough time. And you've been feeling like this is just an impossible situation. <laughs> you've been feeling like you've been crying out to God and you've been doing everything that you could. But it's almost like you're just not getting breakthrough. It's like you just don't understand. And you've been starting to question even your relationship with God, question your right standing with God. Is there anyone like this this morning? That have been feeling like that? If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Where you've just been feeling like you're just in an impossible situation. Thank you, Jesus, for those hands. If you're next to them, just, just lay hands on them right now. If you're next to them, just as a sign of support. And Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus. Really saying just for some of you, there was, it was like the, the devil is accusing you, you know, like bringing accusation against you, saying this happened because of A, B, C, D, all sorts of things. It's just making you feel like you are not doing good enough. And this morning, the Lord is just saying surrender. Surrender to him. Release it to Him. Give it back to Him. And let Him touch that area right now. So Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just thank You, Father God, that You are God. We just break off that condemnation over these people's lives, oh Father God. We silence the voice of the enemy right now, Father God. We thank You, Lord, that they will not listen to those voices. But Lord, that you will come and affirm them in you, Lord Jesus. That they will be affirmed in your love for them, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that they will not be drifting from place to place and questioning. But God, that they will trust you. And the Holy Spirit, you will lead them. It will not be speculation. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's that. <laughs> but we ask that you will reveal to them the truth in this matter. And we thank you for breakthrough, Lord. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. For breakthrough is your children's bread. In Jesus' name, we want to thank you for that, Daddy. Thank you so much, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. I also just sense that <clears throat> there's some people that are trusting God for um, financial breakthrough as well. You feel like financially... The enemy has just been stealing from you. And you've come to that place where you're just, you're angry and you're tired. <laughs> and the Lord just wants to encourage us this morning, if that's you. He wants to say that that is the right spirit that you're taking on. Because God has called you to prosper. And he wants to break off that spirit of poverty that would want to come in and want to come steal. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, if that's you, just agree with this prayer right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
We thank you for that financial breakthrough, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that where the enemy has been sitting on the finances of these people, Lord Jesus, that he will no longer sit on there, Father God. But Lord, that you will come and be Lord over the situation, over their finances, oh Father God. We thank you for breakthrough, financial breakthrough, Father God, that no longer will the thief come to steal, but Lord, that you will come and cover in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I just want to lift up every single person before you, Father God, and I just pray your blessing upon them. I pray for greater intimacy with you greater revelation of you. There's always more in you, Father God. I break off limitations, oh Father God, and I thank you for the, for the grace to enter in freely and fully into all that you have for us, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you have done it. Thank you, Lord, that you are more than able, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we bless your holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy the the week that's coming. And I really just want to encourage you, if you feel like you still need prayer, there'll be ministry leaders here to pray for you. But I just want to, to say, as we're leaving, let's remember that Christ is so much better than anything else in this world. He cannot be compared to anything. Yeah? Awesome.